Welcome to the Neuropathy Support Group and Podcast. I'm Chris, and I'm so glad you tuned in. It's my hope with this podcast to help all of us gather information that might help those that need support dealing with this debilitating issue. Hello, and welcome to this podcast. Before we get started, let's get the formalities out of the way with the medical and privacy disclaimer. I am not a doctor or medical professional. The information on this podcast is from personal experiences and is meant for group support. Additionally, the information discussed is not meant to diagnose, treat, or cure any underlying conditions associated with neuropathy. All names here within are private and will not be shared with any outside sources. Please consult your healthcare provider before making any health decisions. If you have medical concerns or an immediate emergency, please contact your doctor or dial 911. Well, hello everyone and thank you for joining here on this podcast this Monday. So great that you're here and I'm really thankful that you give support to me and and to help out any way you can would be great. And that's through my merchandise store. If you find something there that you like, a purchase will really go far for me and to keep my podcast running. But today, our subject is going to be on chronic pain. I've got three different areas of chronic pain we're going to be talking about. And, you know, that it, chronic pain is something that affects all of us, uh, especially myself. You know, after I had that uh, surgery done that we've talked about in past episodes, you know, I had pain right after that, and I had problems with my left leg, but it all got resolved. And right now, I just came home from the MRI I needed to take for the last two or three months. But when it comes to MRIs, I just don't like them. I I can't handle the claustrophobic, you know, being in that tunnel and you're so close to it. So I waited. The doctor gave me some Xanax, two of them to take before I went over there. And that seemed to make everything work a lot better for me. Um, I still had just a little bit of anxiety, but other than that, I was mellow and it all went smoothly. So that was one important test I wanted to do, especially when I have my, um, you know, like my sciatic nerve pain, you know, the, the ribs are, or not ribs, the, um, the back, you know, the spinal part, or I can't even think of the name is right now, but on my back. There's a lot of pinching going on, and the doctor wants to make sure that it hasn't gotten worse from the last time that I had an MRI done on it, so hopefully not. Um, Hopefully there's something I can do to help me with that. So let's go ahead and jump in on this. Um, There's going to be four different articles that I'm going to be going over, and hopefully you... Uh, with these articles, you gather the information that you need that will help you. So let's get started. 13 ways to manage chronic pain. Chronic pain is complex and it can take a person some time to find the best pain relief methods. That would, that would work for them. There are many options to try, such as hot and cold therapy, yoga, and drug treatments. Chronic pain may develop after an injury or due to medical conditions. Healthcare professionals 
define pain as chronic if it lasts longer than three months or beyond the normal healing time for the underlying condition or injury. Chronic pain can affect every part of a person's life, from work and social life to sleep and mental health. This article explores what pain management is, along with methods to ease your pain and it helps with their effectiveness. How common is chronic pain? According to the Centers of Disease Control, around 20% of adults in the U.S. had chronic pain in 2016, while 8% had high-impact chronic pain. Chronic pain has associations with numerous physical and mental conditions, conditions including depression, sleep problems, social isolation, and overuse of medication. So what is pain management? Pain management refers to techniques to reduce and control the amount of pain a person experiences over a long term. There are many ways to man manage pain and not all of them including taking medication. First one is physical techniques. So first off, we start with physical techniques. Various physical methods can help relieve pain, including physical therapy, hot and cold therapy, massage, and acupuncture. Hot and cold therapy is a common and safe technique to reduce pain. Heat can help relax the muscles and dilate blood vessels. It can also promote healing after an injury. Close therapy reduces blood flow and reduces inflammation that causes pain. It often involves applying an ice pack wrapped in a towel to the skin. Next one is going to be massage. Massage is a type of soft tissue manipulation. People may benefit from this technique when used with other pain management treatments. The benefits of massage include relaxation, increased flexibility, reduced inflammation, improved uh, posture, improved circulation, and reduced stiffness. In the 2007 review on massage found that it may be effective for lower back pain. However, there is mixed evidence from examining its benefits for other chronic pain types. So I guess it sounds like you're going to get the best benefit depending on what kind of pain and the location. Next is going to be physical therapy. Physical therapy involves physical techniques to strengthen and stretch the muscles and joints. It can relieve pain throughout the body while the specific methods may will vary by body part. Therapeutic exercise can help have can have long-term effects and benefits for chronic pain, including helping people cope. Techniques may involve massage, exercise plans, and the red light therapy. That's one thing I want to try here at, at the house. 
Acupuncture involves a practitioner applying thin needles to the skin at precise points in the body. The proposed benefits of acupuncture are pain relief, reduced inflammation, relaxation, reduced muscle spasms. Acupuncture is generally safe when performed by a trained practitioner using sterile needles. So next we're going to talk about mind-body techniques. Methods that combine psychology and the body can help many people manage chronic pain. Cognitive Behavior Therapy Psychological treatments aim to reduce the negative impact that chronic pain can have on a person's mental health. A 2013 review on the effectiveness of psychological pain management techniques concludes that CBT is effective at reducing pain immediately after treatment compared with using no strategies. The review also found that there were, was no evidence that this technique, cognitive behavior therapy, can reduce long-term pain. However, the techniques, the technique was useful for reducing anxiety around pain and for improving quality of life. So let's talk about yoga. Yoga aims to relax, strengthen, and keep the body flexible through stretching with specific poses focusing on particular body areas. The 2010 study into yoga's effects on chronic pain found that it did not decrease participants' pain, but it did help them cope with it, and they were, were more in control of how their pain affected their everyday life. However, other studies have found yoga to be effective in reducing pain. Yoga is a safe, accessible pain management technique that people can try at home using online videos or in a class with a special instructor. Alright, so let's go ahead and talk about Tai Chi. Tai Chi is an exercise therapy involving slow, continuous, fluid body movements combined with breathing and relaxation techniques. The method is also gentle on the joints and muscles. Tai Chi can improve strength and joint stability, and the concentration it requires can improve a person's life. According to a 2016 review, there is some evidence that the technique could help with chronic pain. It states that people using Tai Chi experienced improvements in chronic pain, so rheumatoid arthritis, lower back pain, and osteoporosis may experience improvements. Individuals will. That's pretty good. So I'm going to leave that article right there because we're already 10 minutes in. I want to get to those other two articles. But again, you know, I always make sure I post these so that you can go and read further on from what I missed. And I suggest please doing that because there's a lot of good information right here in this article that 
I'm reading to you. So now we're going to talk about how people with chronic illness manage clutter. Talking personally for myself, it can happen. Um, you know, I have days that I certainly want to make sure things get done in the house. And I'm talking about cleaning. And, you know, I do start to fall behind sometimes. Chronic, the pain's just too much. I can't stand up for about a minute. And this is hard. So here's some uh, ideas maybe that'll help you out. Decluttering and organizing your space can be a transformable experience that brings clarity and peace to your life. However, for those dealing with chronic illnesses, the task may seem painful and impossible to achieve. While it's crucial to acknowledge the very real challenges that chronic pain persists, it's also important not to not, not to use it as an excuse to stay stuck in a cluttered environment. Some people, let's explore some practical tips to help individuals with chronic illness take control of their lives, spacing and energy, and create a more comfortable and organized home. So it says here, start small. If I have said it once, I've said it a hundred times. Baby steps. One of the most important uh, tips, especially for those hesitant to begin the decluttering process, is to start small. One of the key principles in declutter decluttering is to begin with small, manageable tasks. For people with chronic illness, this is even more crucial. Break down the decluttering process into bite-sized steps, such as organizing a single drawer or a small corner of your room. Starting small reduces the physical and mental strain, making it easier to make progress over time. Now we're going to talk about small is still too much. For some, a whole cabinet or drawer may seem difficult to sort through. To you, I say if you suffer from chronic pain issues, just do a little bit at a time as your health conditions allow. At the end of the day, you will have reached your goal. Sure, it may take more time, but it will also cause less stress. More importantly, the job you get done will leave you with a renewed sense of strength for having started and completing this task. Lots of stuff didn't just pop up in your life overnight, so it is unrealistic to expect a cluttered space to be magically transformed in the blink of an eye. The best thing is to plan to get rid of unneeded items on a regular basis. If you build a habit into your daily to-do list to declutter an item a day, when you are feeling up to the task, you will be close to 365 items lighter in a year. 
That is a loss. This is a lot of physical stuff you have dealt with to reach your goal of clutter-free home. If you can only manage one item a, a day or a week, this will still stand up and help you to make a significant difference in your life. So now let's talk about set, setting some realistic goals. Set achievable goals for your decluttering journey. Instead of aiming to completely overhaul your entire space in one day, focus on specific attainable objects. For, for example, you might aim to declutter and reorganize your wardrobe over the course of a week or declutter one room at a time. It's okay to take days to do a room, a closet, or a drawer. Setting re uh, realistic goals prevents burnout and frustration. You can always go faster by doing more on good days, and this will make you feel like a superhero. If you're experiencing pain while decluttering, you are likely to give up the whole pain. I believe everyone who is physically able to reach and hold an object can declutter their space with one item at a time. The very real thing is that some items may not be physically possible for you to manage yourself. Can you enlist the help of a friend or family member? I have compiled a 17-page book listing organizations that will pick up even big, heavy items for free. All it takes is for you to easily manage for them to pick up your, your clutter. This is a very simple way to get rid of unwanted objects and help someone in need through your donations. Next is going to be seek support. Don't hesitate to ask family members or best friend for help for, for your decision making or even just providing emotional support. Sharing the load can make the process more manageable. That's what I should have done today. I'm, I'm a big baby when it comes to MRIs. I don't like being put into that unit. So I had to drug myself up quite a bit. My pain doctor gave me two tablets of Xanax. Took one a couple hours before my appointment and then took one just as I was leaving. But in the meantime, I didn't realize I was taking a pill that I take at night to help me go to sleep. So I was kind of knocked out both ways. They weren't even going to let me leave there without having someone to come pick me up. So I had to sign a waiver. But yeah, they can get dangerous. So you need to be careful. When I have an important task with strict deadline, I pick an accountability partner, which for me is a friend. This means telling your friend my goal and deadline date. As a result of doing so, I will tend to stay on track and hold myself to account because I would never want to admit, a per admit to a friend I did not succeed meeting my goal. This always works for me 100% of the time. An important tip 
when making plans is to add a timeline to your plan. If you are going to be a declutter, declutter one item a day, maybe your schedule will look like this, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. I commit to decluttering one object from my house before 2 p.m. on the given day. Of course, add as many days to your timeline that you are willing to commit to. Uh, let me see what I got here. I got a couple more. And I'll just gonna uh, skip around here. Again, all the reference material will be um, put on the website along with this talk. Uh, I'm going to talk about seek professional guidance. If you find decluttering particularly challenging due to emotional attachments or decision-making difficulties, that's what I have wrong with, consider seeking the help of a professional organizer or therapist. These experts can provide guidance, support, and, bit and strategies tailored to your specific needs helping you navigate the emotional and physical aspects of decluttering. I have listed some below, so you'll have those to look over. Let me go ahead and read this last topic here. It's be patient. Above all, be patient with yourself. Decluttering is a process, and it may take time, especially when dealing with chronic illness. Setbacks are normal, but they don't define your progress. Stay focused on your goals, adapt as needed, and keep moving forward at your own uh, pace. If, you're, if, for example, you suffer the chronic fatigue syndrome, maybe the best way for you to get easy tasks done is short bursts as your energy level allows. I feel it is even more important for a chronically ill person to go and whatever pace works best for each individual. Decluttering and organizing is definitely not a one-size-fits-all. In addition to financial consideration, there are many that simply do not know to declutter and organize. This can be learned, earned. You are not alone. I happen to have been born a neat freak and organized to the max. This all comes pretty easy to me. I am happy to share trips and tips and have learned many from other folks I help. So there you go. You're going to get a lot of help here. Uh, there's so much information given on these uh, three reference materials that I'm going to make sure that you get sent to you. I don't have, yeah, I don't, can't go over everything. There is one more that I wanted to go over is called um, pain management techniques. So, but again, I'm going to make sure you got everything you need. Oh, I'm sorry, the one that we couldn't go over today was 10 things I don't do as a person with chronic illness. So, all that information is sent to you. And I hope it all helps you out as much as possible. Um, I know it helps me out when I... um go through that phase where I can't think on my own and I need someone to help me. And I find that in my my children and my ex-wife. So, you know, hopefully you can find somebody and you're on a team, you know, for your team, for you to help you 
go through these situations that we go through. I mean, chronic pain is a real thing. In most cases, it's not curable. You have to live with it. And at the same time, you got to live with taking medications. And that's, you know, with me, over 20 different medications for nighttime, daytime, and pain. So it's a lot. And to keep even focused on making sure I take the right ones for that is difficult to do. But hey, thank you all for being here. I hope you had a great past week. And spend some time outside. It's starting to get cold here where I live. So it's going to be harder and harder to do so. But remember, every, we're all here. If you need help, you can get a hold of me on the Facebook page. And I'll try my best to help you as much as I can. Remember, I'm not a doctor, but I am a person that lives with these conditions. And I feel that's enough experience that I can help others. Thank you, and I will talk to you next Monday. Bye. As we come to a close, it's my hope this podcast and other sources, such as product reviews that I have discussed today, can better our lives and give us some relief dealing with neuropathy. This episode plus others are posted every Monday on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. And finally, whatever life throws at you, even if it hurts you, just be strong and fight through it. Remember, strong walls shake, but never collapse. Talk to you next Monday.